0: This episode of the Supply Chain Brain podcast is supported by Trax Technologies. For more than two decades, a provider of software and services for logistics performance management. Be sure and stick around after the discussion for a talk with Trax CEO Don Baptiste. But now, on to the podcast. With so many companies struggling to stay profitable, effective freight cost management is becoming more critical than ever before. Hi everybody, I'm Bob Bowman, Managing Editor of Supply Chain Brain, and this is the Supply Chain Brain Podcast. Hewlett-Packard Enterprise Company was created through a spin-off from Hewlett-Packard in November of 2015. Today it provides a wide range of IT support, including servers, storage, networking, and consulting. But even a highly specialized company like HP Enterprise must carefully manage its own freight costs as well as advise on those of its customers. And the job is only getting tougher. It's not enough anymore to just focus on paying freight bills. Now, companies need to incorporate sophisticated analytics into their freight management while making sense of an influx of big data. Today, I'm speaking with Henry Trujillo, logistics manager with HP Enterprise, who will talk about how the company is adapting cutting edge technologies to smoke out anomalies and excessive costs in its global freight spend. We'll learn how proper cost management can save companies millions of dollars a year through better monitoring of carriers and logistics providers and enforcement of routing guides. So here is my conversation with Henry Trujillo. Henry Trujillo, welcome to the program. Thank you, Bob. Tell me about HP Enterprise, please.
1: We're in the acceleration business. So we help customers use technology to slash the time it takes to turn ideas into value. And in turn, they transform industries, markets, and ideally lives. Some of our customers run traditional IT environments, but most we find are transitioning to a secure, cloud-enabled, mobile-friendly infrastructure. This is where we believe the growth is really coming from. And many rely on a combination of both. And wherever they are in that journey, we provide the technology and solutions to help them succeed. So to give you an overview of our products, what we do is we have essentially five major project portfolio. So we have the networking, server and blade solutions, storage solutions, convert systems, and then high-performance computers. Now, recently you may have seen HPE in the news because we're actually spinning off our enterprise services business as well as our software business. So the focus is to focus on a delivering that value proposition, and be able to invest more into that business going forward.
0: Okay, so you do an awful lot of stuff. We're not going to be able to cover all of that in this conversation. What we're going to do is specify, we're going to specifically talk about freight cost management. What is the challenge of freight cost management today? What are some of the factors that complicate efforts to reform and optimize spend in that area as you see it?
1: Typically, what you have is what we refer to as a routing guide. So whenever there's a shipment that's being made, ideally, the system pre-selects and identifies the best carrier that should be used. Sometimes that doesn't work. So traditionally, freight cost management was focused on paying the bill, making sure that we're paying it, making sure that we're not paying duplicate bills that were essentially paying the rates that we're doing. And what, one of the things we're doing is trying to transition more into doing analytics. Well, we actually look at the data and see things that are anomalies, uh, essentially a shipment that might have come from China to the U.S., and we realize the least optimal carrier was actually utilized. So we're doing activity like that, as well as looking at activity that perhaps shouldn't have been built to us. Um, They're using the right accounts. Everything is right. But by going into the system, we're able to see who actually made the shipments and then contact them and get things corrected.
0: Do you find any kind of a trend in which companies are attempting to assert greater control over carrier selection and payment? For instance, in inbound, very often it's the shipper, not the receiver, or has, a, has been over the years, who arranges that. But are companies looking to gain greater direct control over that function?
1: I would say, you I mean, I can't speak about companies in general, but definitely we are. One of the things that we have is I think we have a lot of leverage and a lot of purchasing power. So we try to actually control as much of the shipping as possible and leverage our better rates. Uh, In turn, that helps us to reduce our costs and eventually the cost to the customer as well.
0: You say you identify anomalies. What are some of those types of anomalies that might pop up in your investigation and research?
1: So some of the anomalies we do is we look at uh, lanes that may have occurred or lanes that have shipped, let's say, from Shanghai, let's say, to Houston would be a a big lane. And at times, I mean, it could be R&D doing prototypes. And it's just someone going to the mailroom and saying, hey, I want to ship these products. And they're doing it on a continual basis. And doing that over time, over and over again, they may not have selected the right carrier. So what we do is we essentially look at the cost per unit and realize a significant trend or various... LSPs, logistics service providers, that are used for a particular lane. Ideally, you're going with the best price provider for a particular lane. And when you start seeing multiple provi- providers on the same lane, that sends a red flag and says, okay, perhaps someone needs a little more education to make sure that they're selecting the best point. And at that point, what we do is we educate the the shipper, or I should say the the person that's actually initiating the shipment, to select the lowest cost provider and get that other LSP turned off.
0: Well, it seems I would assume that a lot of this activity is under contract. So these anomalies pop up when you identify them. But should your clients as well, the companies that you serve, be undertaking periodic reviews of their of their carrier base in a proactive way and not just responding to anomalies that might pop up here and there?
1: Right. So in order for them to do business with HP, they have to be a contract supplier. So we have a contract in place. Now, with different providers that we have, we have preferred lanes that we utilize with those providers. And what winds up happening, like I said, typically it goes through the routing guide, but some things fall through the crack and the routing guides aren't used. So when that occurs, uh, that's when you see those anomalies. They're picking up approved provider, but they're just not the best value provider to make that shipment.
0: Is it ever a challenge ensuring adherence to the routing guide, ensuring spend discipline? Do you find sometimes in a company of your size or a company of your equivalent size that it's difficult to sometimes keep the spend within the areas that you have dictated in advance, so the choice of carriers and the rates you're paying?
1: Yeah, given the, the size and complexity, there's always a good reason to expedite. So I could think of a... Opportunities are times that we've actually expedited shipments and intentionally not utilized the lowest cost provider. But typically, there's a revenue reason that we're doing that, and we know we're going to be paying two or three times, let's say, to air, airship something versus sending it through an ocean container. Usually, the factor differentiation is, I'd say, about 10x between our air and ocean rates. But that's an intentional decision point that we make to essentially hit revenue goals.
0: What new tools are out there, are available to the marketplace today, that make it easier to optimize spend or to improve your spend and your freight cost management?
1: Yeah, so HPE or previously HP, has been working with Trax for quite a number of years. I'd say over 10 years we've been working together. Trax has recently rolled out some applications that they've always had the database capabilities, where we've been able to pull massive amounts of data. Uh, Recently, they've moved to a platform called Tableau, which is essentially a reporting analytics tool. They have a standard suite of products that we utilize and essentially help us point out some of those anomalies.
0: Does this allow for the automation of some of the process, or are people still involved in making the critical judgments all the time?
1: Preparing the data, uh, that portion has now been automated. You still need people to actually look at the data and make decisions upon looking at the data. But that manual effort, so what we want to do is move away from actually doing pre- data preparation to doing more an- analysis. And now that we actually have some of these tools, we're able to do that. So that's dramatically shifting from, let's say, 80 to 90% doing data preparation, 10% analysis. Now we're able to spend much more of the time going into data analysis.
0: Has the era of big data affected freight cost management? Are you dealing with tons more data than was available to you in the past?
1: Well, for us, it's a little bit different because as you recall, or as you may know, Hewlett Packard uh, had a big divestiture in in November of 2015 and we became two different companies. We became Hewlett Packard Enterprise, which is the piece that I'm in, and then Hewlett Packard, just Hewlett Packard Inc. They had the largest portion, I would say, of the spend. And so overall, we still do millions of transactions and, and that really hasn't changed. But what we're finding is we're trying to consolidate more into specific LSPs. That way we have more data, let's say, to your question, we have more data per LSP. So more analysis, essentially, instead of spreading our analysis across multiple service providers, we're able to focus uh, on a few specific ones, if, if that makes sense.
0: Do you tend to work through the logistics service providers, the LSPs, and have them be the liaison between you and the carriers, or do you also reach out and deal directly with the carriers?
1: Yes, our, our logistics service providers are synonymous with the carriers. So typically we deal directly with the expediters, the UPSs, the FedExs of the world. You mean Pegasus, I can, I can go through a whole list of different providers. We tend to focus on a top 10, top 11 of them um, and try to concentrate our spend on them to essentially deliver better better rates
0: you're dealing with some pretty sophisticated service providers. I assume that they themselves are well-equipped with the IT capability to provide you with the data that you need in a, on a real-time or a near-time basis, right? You never have any problems getting the data from them. Correct. So we have systems
1: that essentially they're feeding directly into HP systems like proof of delivery, and and they give us confirmation of the ASNs, and we route those directly into the HP systems. From our freight expense, they provide it through TRAX, and then TRAX consolidates that so that we can essentially capture the cost information as well of our shipments.
0: And the accuracy of the data... I assume, assuring that the data is clean. Is that ever a challenge or is that just not even a problem these days?
1: No, that's still, unfortunately, that's still a problem. Typically, what winds up happening is if the data is so bad, there's uh, required fields that we have as mandatory data elements that if they don't get correct, essentially we reject the invoice um, and the LSP has to correct and resubmit. Sometimes they have their own IT constraints that prevent them from making a correction. And then that has to be manually approved. But we're trying to move more and more into this philosophy called pattern recognition, where if we see a similar type of error, as opposed to rejecting and denying the invoice, uh, what we're doing is coming up with the rule that says, okay, we mutually agree this is the action that we're going to take going forward so that we can essentially address the problem in batches versus one at a time.
0: Pattern recognition is an aspect of artificial intelligence. I don't know if you go that high up in your use of IT, but is that a possibility? I mean, is that, does that relate to what you're doing?
1: I wouldn't be able to comment on the, on the artificial intelligence. I think it's more if we see a certain pattern that's occurring over and over again, essentially, what's a predefined action that we're going to be doing? So once the system recognizes that pattern coming in, it can automatically either reject or take that action. So in a sense, I guess it is a sense of artificial intelligence.
0: Where are we in the world of analytics? You mentioned that as a key tool in optimizing spend these days. Is it different from what it used to be? Are there new algorithms, new techniques in analytics, specific mathematical formulas that you guys apply that you didn't have access to before in order to ensure this optimization?
1: Yeah. So right now we're essentially starting with clean data, which is something that we've been focusing on for years. And I think finally now we've been able to make some strides. So as we go through the process, I'm sure we'll be developing more sophisticated algorithms to identify anomalies. Right now we find it's a huge step forward just to be able to get to the point where we actually have clean data.
0: I'm trying to compare. Like, How long has HP Enterprise been around as a separate entity? So we became uh, our own
1: separate entity on November 1st of 2015. And since then, we've actually made uh, a couple of announcements in the news that we're going to be becoming more focused. So we're spinning off our services business next year, as well as the software business. Each one was between 8 and $9 billion of a sale of the company. So what we initially split, or before we split, I would say, HP as a whole was about $100 billion in sales. Once we split, we were each about fifty billion dollars in sales. And now with the with the spinning off of the services and the software piece, we're gonna be a smaller portion of the of the overall business, but much more focused.
0: You would think that within each spinoff, you, your job of freight cost management would get easier because you're dealing, as you say, with lower lower amounts of sales. Is that the case or is it just as complicated as ever within a smaller base?
1: The base hasn't shrunk a whole lot because most of the time when you ship a product, you're actually getting revenue or I should say you're shipping a, a hardware piece of revenue. So that's where you're going to have the freight activity. On the software portion, you really didn't have that much from a freight perspective. You had a very teeny amount of freight, even though there were a good portion of spent. And the same thing with the services. Typically, those are IT uh, services that were provided. They would at times integrate from a third party, and that's when we would incur freight expenses. So even though they were, I want to say, 20% of our business, from a freight spent perspective, they were significantly less.
0: As you grapple with freight cost management today and in the future, what would you describe as being your biggest challenge?
1: Our biggest challenge, you mean, uh, right now, you mean, I don't know if it's necessarily the largest dollar. So I think it's the the one aspect that I mentioned to you before is essentially spotting anomalies where non-optimized lanes are being used. So I would think that's one of the biggest challenges. Another big challenge is uh, looking for reduction in accessorial codes. Today, there's a lot of accessorial codes that are being utilized, and we want to streamline those down so that we essentially can do more concentrated spend and fewer accessorial codes. Um, and I think overall, our cost envelope will, will decrease. And then I would say the third portion that we're focusing on is make sure that we're utilizing parcel accounts correctly today. Within a company our size, we have about 2,000 unique parcel accounts. That means individual units that are making uh, shipments on the system. And we want to make sure as uh, a People actually have visibility. Sometimes, if you have a credit card number, you receive the bill at the end of the month. What we find is at times people are actually hitting their department, but they don't have visibility into what that expense is. So, as you make people aware of what they're spending, they're more likely to police their own activity to make sure that their accounts are being used correctly.
0: Henry, do you think the value of what you do is understood at the top levels of the organization and appreciated?
1: I think it's changing more and more. Uh, so I, I'd say initially FCM was uh, more of a, a freight capturing or a, a cost capturing type of uh, mechanism. One of the things we're doing now is the business is seeing the value of moving more into one platform. That way we can actually do analytics. If systems are paid through a traditional accounts payable function, you pay the invoice and you'll see the dollars essentially at the invoice level but you won't see the details of what made up that invoice. And that's the benefit that I believe freight cost management has is because at that point, you can see the actual lanes that are being moved, the accessorial codes that are being charged, and it helps you make decisions. On average, I mean, there's several million dollars a year that we make just on avoidance. Expenses that shouldn't have been incurred. And so what we do is we recapture those costs from the business. If freight cost management wasn't there and we were paying through a traditional accounts payable model, on a business our size, right, we're we're giving up, I think, about one or two percent of additional cost avoidance that we shouldn't be uh, essentially losing out. So on a business side, I'd say there's a few million dollars every year that we capture that without freight cost management wouldn't be captured.
0: Henry Trujillo, I want to thank you so much for helping us to understand the value of freight cost management and its application to the operations of HP Enterprise. Thank you very much for being with us today. You're
1: welcome. Thank you for having me.
0: Don Baptiste, welcome.
2: Hey, Bob. Thanks for having me on today.
0: Let's talk about Trax Technologies. Give me a kind of a capsule history of the company, would you?
2: Sure. Trax Technologies was started about 20 years ago and really started out as a consulting firm. And over the past few years, we've been making the transition to a software company. At our heart, what we do is we help our clients optimize logistics spend. And through that, we really help the entire logistics ecosystem become more efficient and effective. And hopefully identifying opportunities for our clients for savings, as well as improving our underlying data. At the end of the day, if the data is not good, the insights you derive from it are going to be suspect.
0: Well, what was the original need, do you believe? What was the hole that you felt needed to be filled that made tracks viable in the marketplace?
2: Well, it started out as a traditional freight audit and payment company. And we've been doing that for, for 20 years. We've become better and better at it. And over time, started doing much more around data refinement and cleaning up the data because without that very solid foundation of good, normalized, clean data, you really can't get solid insights. And one of the nice derivatives from freight audit and payment for us was the ability to create business intelligence tools. And that helped us move from sort of traditional freight audit and payment, where we're looking at avoiding leaks, to logistics performance management. In looking to optimize logistics spend,
0: How do you assess the current ability of companies in general to get hold of their freight spend, their audit and payment programs, and utilize that data in a larger sense that you've described? There are some um, companies out there doing it, but it seems like there's a lot that haven't managed it as well. Is that correct?
2: First and foremost, you want to start with the data. That, that's always going to be the foundation of everything. And so you want to look at, for the things that you want to get out of trade audit and payment or out of business intelligence, do you have the right data sets already in place? So it's one, identifying, do I have all the right things, whether it's origin and destination, service level, you name it. You want to make sure you have those underlying pieces. And then are you receiving them in a consistent manner, and are they normalized? Because the only way you can really drive those great insights is having that fantastic data. And so it's, for us, it's been a nice outcropping of freight audit and payment it gives us a vehicle to clean the data, to work with carriers to improve gaps in their data quality, uh, which is also helpful back to them. And then we can layer on the business intelligence and help people do a better job with logistics performance management. And that's things like identifying savings opportunities from service level changes, from consolidation of shipments, things of that nature. And we want to do it on an automated basis where others might do it on a one-off consulting basis.
0: Do you think the problem is getting more complex these days with the increasing globalization of supply chains, the additional number of partners, the increasing realization of companies that they need to focus more on risk management with their suppliers and with their financial, the financial aspect of their supply chain? Is it becoming more of a challenge?
2: Yeah, I think that you hit the nail on the head with the complexity. As supply chains become more complicated, that drives tougher problems around data integrity. And companies doing some really sophisticated, neat things with their supply chains, becoming much more global, becoming faster, using more specialty carriers for different pieces of it. All those things are great and give you a more flexible, more capable supply chain, but it also adds to the data integrity problem. And I think that's one of the the areas that we've done pretty well at. Our client base tends to be a sophisticated global client base. So we've got a track record and a history of wrestling with some of these more difficult problems and getting to a good outcome when it comes to data quality. And let me tell you, it's it's not a trivial task, but it's one that I think we're, we're pretty well suited to handle.
0: Tell me more about what you mean by business intelligence. What type of intelligence and how can it be applied to the organization going forward?
2: Sure. Well, the first thing we think about business intelligence is just pure visibility. Give me visibility to my supply chain end-to-end. And as simple as that sounds, many folks are lacking that visibility. Then once I have visibility, I may want to look at discovery. Can I find everything that I want to find within my supply chain? Then the last piece is help me make better decisions within my supply chain. So I'm seeing great visibility. I can do what if scenarios. I can see where there's opportunities to consolidate shipments. I can see opportunities where maybe I can go to a lower price carrier or change service levels. I can see what amount of my spend is contracted versus not contracted. All those things that give me the fact base to make better decisions. And when you start talking about a global, sophisticated, complicated supply chain, you really need a solid fact base where you could make decisions that have a negative impact on your overall performance.
0: So have you, in fact, seen some of your own customers go back and take this information and use it to change or revise in some way their carrier bases, add carriers, subtract carriers, consolidate spend, make better use of their spend in general?
2: Sure. We see significant improvements in as, as far as the amount of spend that our clients need to put towards their overall logistics footprint. All this information helps you. Now, it's not we're not talking about any one thing, but it's as you look and you add up, do I avoid leaks by having tight freight audit policies? Yes, and you save three, four points there. Can I optimize the type of spend that I'm doing? And that's the logistics performance management. We see clients make real, real advances there and to save significant amounts of money while improving the performance that they're receiving. So we see it all the time from our clients. and I think we've got a few case studies out that, that talk in specifics about individual clients that have been able to move the needle quite substantially.
0: What would you say is the biggest challenge that your clients face going forward, and how might TRAX be positioned to address those challenges?
2: I think you talked about it earlier. It's really the global complexity. As supply chains get more and more complex, it gets – harder and harder to have full visibility into all the moving pieces and to get a fact base to make good decisions. I think that's an area where we shine. We help people see their end-to-end supply chain. We give them the tools that they need to make those fact-based decisions. Complexity is great. Sophistication is great. If you can control it, if you have full transparency and visibility into it, if not, you start to see those costs escalate and you start to see a performance fall apart. We want to arm our clients with the best information possible and the best tools possible so they can make the best decisions. They're always going to have the the deep, deep insight of their particular circumstance, their particular environment. We're never going to be able to replace that. But you want to augment everything they have so they can make those, those good decisions and put their domain experience to best use.
0: Don Baptiste, I want to thank you so much for telling us a little bit about the story of Trax Technologies. Thanks for being with
2: us. Bob, thanks for having me. That was my
0: conversation with Henry Trujillo of Hewlett-Packard Enterprise, talking about how to practice effective freight cost management. Our thanks to Trax Technologies for sponsoring this episode. We're online at www.supplychainbrain.com.